Hello and welcome to the Adafruit Show and Tell. I'm Liz. I'm going to be your host this evening. If you would like to join the stream and show off your project, you can find a link in the live broadcast chat over at Discord, and that's at adafruit.it slash Discord. Uh, first, we're going to kick things off with our friend Jay from DigiKey. Hey, Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. What you, what you got there? This is my newest robotic child, which I have named Binary. All right. It has been the longest project I think I've done thus far. It's fully, it's controlled right now with this little remote. At least the body is. The head is all random movements and blows bubbles as well. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really messy. Let me turn it off. <laughs> but I was able to get the uh, motor controls to work. So I can just show it like this right now. Mm -hmm. But it rolls. I just got back from visiting a friend to actually test it out in the field and it does a pretty good job and this is going to be my project i'm taking to rome maker fair wow that's going to be quite the long journey and so you showed the remote um is that using bluetooth uh to control it or what it's, protocol are you using i am using the uh radio controlled one I'm radio control okay yeah so Very it's funny because cool. i actually made two of them i have one that's just this mm -hmm. which is like the boring handheld one but then i got nerdy and i made one it's a cufflink that can be oh, worn like this for i can pretend to be a power ranger for a night that's <laughs> great yeah it actually fits and everything it's really nice sweet all right and then for the brains of the robot um what's the board inside there uh, it is the pi pico okay with the katronic robotics board very cool I like to keep it on top of the way I can point out and show it to people. Yeah, that's great. And then for the eyes, are those screens? What's happening there? Those are just lenses, believe it or not. Just they're just, really, okay, they they're, they're just beautifully tinted lenses with LEDs in them. Yeah. And they have this really great look where like even like at night or even in bright sun, you can see the eyes very well. Okay. The only problem I've noticed thus far is with screens, it reflects. So you get like mm. this happening when it looks at like a screen. Well, then you get you're getting their point of view, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I could probably like, record the robot's like eyeball one day and get like some point of view content. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, and is this a project that you're going to be documenting, or is it just yeah, an amazing? My, yes. My newest plan now, since I've done a lot of robot stuff this uh, year, but I haven't documented anything. This is my last build, um, okay. big build for the year, and when I get back from our next event. I'm going to just sit down and just try documenting everything. That's my goal. Right. Like no, no more, no more stressing for a little while. And I'll just sit around and just document uh -huh. everything, get the code out there for people to use it, get the STL files. That's that's my plan for the rest of the year. That's excellent. And I find when you document a project or anything like that, like you can really appreciate the project. Like you can just see all the work and really think about all the steps and everything. So that'll that'll be a nice way for you to end the year. I think. Yeah, a little relaxation, you know, just a whole bunch of writing and picture taking. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jay, for coming by. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one. Yeah. Next, we're going to hear from folks in the Adafruit community and that we're going to kick things off with Scott. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, and thanks for hosting. Uh, I thought I'd show GitHub Actions today. Okay. Um, which, you know, is always exciting. Yes. Uh, but the main thing here is this is uh, I've been working on the MicroPython 120 merge. So okay. CircuitPython is based on MicroPython, but we don't always uh, base ourselves on the newest version. Okay. 
Um, and so for CircuitPython 9, we're updating from 118 uh, all the way, we'll go up to 121, which was just released. Okay. Um, and so we've done 119, Dan, did one, Dan and Jeff did 119. Now Dan and I are working on 120. So I got the GitHub Actions working and this will tell us which boards still fit and are actually like compiling okay. Okay. Um, so a lot of green. A lot of green, yeah. But not all green. <laughs> um, and you can see some are going here as well still. So uh, we're making really good progress. I did an update yeah. today that integrated the IDF 5.1 changes that I was doing previously. Okay. So this is really like Circuit Python 9 uh, starting to come together. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Excellent. And uh, you know, Dan did a ton of work already, so I'm excited to be able to help with that. And uh, yeah. More good things to come into this, uh, as Lamore called it, the the stew pot of CircuitPython 9. Yes, and um, thank you so much for working on this. Um, I know it can be tedious, but uh, really, it's what everything's built on. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you know the MicroPython team does a great job too. So I'm yes. I'm excited to be based on uh, 121 in particular. So uh, yeah. I have motive, I have reason and motivation to get us all up to date. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Scott, and looking forward to seeing how. This all comes in for CircuitPython 9. Thanks, Liz, and thanks for testing as well. I really oh, appreciate it. Yes, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> You're a much better tester than I am, so I appreciate oh. it. <laughs> no problem. All right, have a good night. You too. Okay, bye. Next, we're going to hear from maker Melissa. Okay. Hey, Melissa. Hi. Uh, so I have, I showed off a couple weeks ago that I'd been working on adding uh, or updating the Blinka display I know, so it okay. supported the monochrome and grayscale uh, displays. And now I have it working with the e-ink displays as well. Very cool. And so I was just going to show it off updating here. Just takes a little bit, but okay. um, considering it's written in pure Python, it actually works pretty good. Sweet. So it's just um, now displaying just the ruler there. Mm -hmm. And um, so I want to go ahead and add some more uh, displays to there. Uh, I have a few that I want to test. And uh, it's actually working pretty good. Great. And just so folks understand, how is this different from what was implemented before? Uh, before, it used a frame buffer uh, that worked off of the Adafruit CircuitPython EPD library, which it just, um, you would basically draw with like pixels or lines or, or circles or whatnot. Uh, whereas this is 100% uh, compatible with the CircuitPython display I have. Very cool. Uh, I very badly tried to implement um, the a seven color EPD uh, with um, the previous driver. So I'm excited to test it out uh, with this. So thank you for uh, adding this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to seeing more of this. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thanks. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Next, we're going to hear from Anne. Hey, Anne. How's it going? Good, Liz. Um, as some people know, I'm kind of a Star Trek fan. And yes. when I saw this this picture on the internet of uh, a Star Trek control panel, like mm. for door or something, I thought that would be the perfect thing to implement, um, not in plexiglass with paint on it or something, but um, I've been doing uh, PCB art with my latest projects. Excellent. So I, um, I created 
this PCB, Very it cool. uh, it has uh, what white silk screen and black um, printing, and there are places where you can see the metal of the circuit board or mm -hmm. see through it, um, the uh, substrate. Right. And um, uh, talking to Lamore, she said, um, "I want it to be interactive. So when you push the well, if I can." Yeah, camera. If you push the buttons, they're capacitive touch. Yeah. And they light up the lights, the corresponding lights when you touch them. Cool. So one could um, easily take that and say, instead of lighting up a light, um, make a switch contact and you could actually make something that used a code to get in somewhere. Or it just looks kind of cool. kind of looks like a phone or something. Yeah. Um, it uses um, surface mount resistors and uh, reverse mount LEDs okay, and yeah. a couple of uh, cap touch um, chips that we also have a breakout for in the Adafruit store okay. and, uh, and a battery here. So uh, I'll be documenting this in the Adafruit Learn Guide um, this coming week and uh, other people can see how they can make this or to mix it up and make a project of their own. That's awesome. And you had another guide that you did previously that kind of went through how to do all the art and stuff. Did you use a similar process for this one or did oh, you find you? Yeah, exactly. They exactly. build art. First, I, um, I don't remember what the... I think it was the NASA? Well, the NASA one was second. That oh, had okay. just passive components on it okay. uh, without chips. Um the first one was the jewelry. Yeah. Right. So, yes. Um, I made some um, floppy disk earrings and yes. a pendant. That was just to, to show it. They all use um, Winter Bloom's um, software for converting vectorized art into uh, KiCad footprints. Very cool. So it makes it really easy to go to to make a design and import it rather than having to try to implement uh, complex art directly in KiCad, which would be almost impossible. Yeah, I've done a little PCB art for fun and I was always doing it the way that you have like all these bitmaps that you're like layering and then if you find that you don't have the right size, you have to regenerate them all again. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, so these guides are really helpful for folks. So thank you for writing those up. Oh, glad to do it. Um, and um, Lady Ada, I think, wants maybe uh, another one, maybe with a microcontroller on there okay. somewhere. So um, keep keep tuned into the Adafruit socials, and we'll see how it goes. Excellent. All right. Well, awesome job. Thank you, Anne, for coming by. Thanks, Liz. Okay. Have a good night. And now we're going to go to John Park to play us out. Hey, Liz. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right, uh, so I wanted to show the uh, progress on my project I've been working on for a few weeks now, and uh, it has now been glovified. So wow. uh, this is my uh, Feather prop maker synthesizer with a built-in amplifier and speaker and a color sensor on the fingertip here. Very cool. Uh, and so I just, just bolted all this stuff, which had been on sort of a like a, a Lego jig that I was using before yeah. uh, now is in more wearable format. And uh, the palette of, uh, of Lego colors there that I'm using, if you, uh, you want to go to the overhead, that'll be a little easier yes, to show, yeah. I think. 
So I had started with about 60 or 70 Lego bricks in all the colors that the one by two brick uh, came in and yeah. started to figure out which ones were the sort of ideal 12 that uh, were the most distinct from each other in the nine wavelengths that this little color sensor can can measure. Mm -hmm. uh, had some great color comparison code contributed by C. Grover, uh, who's one of our uh, great community uh, contributors. Yes. He helped me with a, um, a method of, of figuring out which, which of these were different from each other, as well as a tolerance setting so that I don't have to be like exactly the same lighting conditions in exactly the same spot. Uh, so I've got uh, Synthio code running on here. It's actually also playing another um, library from uh, C. Grover, which is a chime library, which oh, does some um, kind of like tubular bells modeling, some resonant uh, modeling of overtones, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, and so now I can uh, play, I'm playing some little um, sort of arpeggios based on the different colors. So here you'll hear there's a lower note on this first one, and this is the top note up here. And we can just go among them. Uh, and so one of the things that really impressed me about the accuracy of this sensor is the yeah. fact that I've got four different basically green right, yeah. voices here. There's this <laughs> sort of lime green, and then there's this sand green, there's this uh, turquoise teal kind of, and then this one's uh, bright green, and they're all very distinct from each other as far as the sensor goes. Uh, same with these, I've got like a, a, a light lavender and this yeah. medium purple, uh, and if you come and play those, you can tell that they're different tones. Now, one interesting yeah. thing is if I'm far enough away from this one, sometimes it reads as purple just because the, oh, okay, the... brightness value. Get it? Yeah, so that was oh, the yeah, same note yeah. there. So it actually registered that lavender. So if I come in it from the side, it's a higher, starts on that higher pitch. And as I was drawing away, right. it was the bird. So actually, Jan is working on some code to look at. There are actually eight color channels that we're reading. There's an infrared channel we're not using, and there's a clear channel, which is kind of the white light or brightness um, okay. overall Lux channel, I think. Um, and so Jam was looking into some code to use that also as a, a way of uh, scaling the values so that oh, when you're cool. further away, you can still say, oh yeah, that's I, I can be confident that's pink. Um, that's one of the other cool. neat things about this is that there are other objects around, like here's a plastic, Pokeball, that's hmm. basically the same red as, as the Lego there. So that'll work. That'll trigger it there. I also found I had a, uh, a little object here that's pretty close to the, the turquoise. Yeah. Oh, it's actually hitting two. You can, you can hear it yeah, running through of them. So um, that's why I wanted to get to these, uh, these 12 here that were distinct enough from each other that they generally don't have false reads. And that is uh, the progress on that. So I've been documenting that as I go and uh, should be putting a guide out next week so that people can make their own. I think there's some possibility for doing maybe two gloves with two basically complete systems because this is not sending MIDI. It's not, right, yeah. uh, it's, it's all self-contained. So you could basically, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to get this glove, you're going to end up with the other one anyway. I just went you to the hardware store. Gotta have two. So yeah. you might want to do 
too like that. Um, you could make the, the Lego bricks wearable. You could use this completely differently, like a sequencer, if you just wanted to sequence brick colors and have it automatically play songs, like you're just running across a, a score or something like that. Uh, I think there's a bunch of possibilities and uh, I'm excited to see if, if people uh, pick that up and run with it. So yeah, it's super cool. Uh, I'm excited to see the guide. ET yes. phone home with it. If you want. Just in time for yep. Halloween. Just in time for Halloween. That's my costume. We figured it out. Yeah. You can just like go through the grocery store and like play the different like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> just play all the objects around you. Yeah. Um, and we got to the point where if I tuned the samples, the sample time and the sample slices mm -hmm. to be much longer. So it would take, take longer. It's not as fun for music, but I think I was... Uh, able to distinctly read accurately almost 30 different brick colors, which is wow. kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe you could do it with um, with more care. You might be able to do do all of them. I don't know. But um, this is all I need is these 12. Yeah. This is great. We can do a little uh, chromatic scale if we want to. Yeah. And will you be talking about this on your show tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bring some of this. I'm going to show some of the code behind it and uh, also make some do some tuning and adjustment tonight and uh, might be showing some other stuff, too. It remains to be seen. So all right. It's, it's a, uh, it'll be a surprise to all of us what I actually do tomorrow. So come on by and find out. All right. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks, thanks. so much, John. Looking forward to the guide. Right on. Thanks, Liz. Have a good one. All right. And that looks like it's going to wrap up show and tell for tonight in about 13 minutes though ask an engineer is going to be live with lady ada and mr Ada lady 80 mr lady ada um so tune in here to see that and have a good night bye folks <laughs>